This is Cinema Degeneration. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing that. Just some things you gotta do. We all go a little mad sometimes. You wanna know what happens to an eyeball when it gets punctured? You just can't let them go? Go! Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? <laughs> Please, God. This is God. The dead will walk here. I'm just gonna bash your brains. And your suffering will be legendary even in hell. <laughs> it's alive, it's alive, it's alive. They all flow down here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Boy, you're doomed. On our show tonight, we offer up our Takeout series, where we will explore the realms of foreign horror cinema. Our hosts will take you along their travels all over the globe, while diving into some of the most lucid storytelling, savage cannibals, vengeful spirits, sadistic killers, and the post-apocalyptic zombie-plagued landscapes. Join us as we dissect the classics that prove sometimes fear comes with subtitles. Sometimes the past should be left to memory. To gather dust within the covers of recorded time. In 100 years, I'll have my revenge on your great-granddaughter. Whoever finds the secret of the South Sea Queen will live in great danger of a soul. Oh, yes, I will. But how is she to know? Meet Tanya, an American anthropologist who travels to Indonesia in search of truth. What she finds is that the legend of the South Sea Queen is more than a story. It is her fate. Oh, God, I need a woman! <laughs> a tale of possession, revenge, insatiable desire and an evil that will not die thank you that woman cannot die because she has the spirit of the south sea queen I knew the South Sea Queen has reincarnated. Where is Erica? Where? Damn, she got bit. I can't take cover. But don't worry. I'll protect you.
Max, how you doing? Let's what kick ass! folks welcome once again to cinema degenerations takeout edition we where we explore all things foreign horror foreign b movies foreign schlock and exploitation and we have one we have a, a title that meets all those criteria criterias this weekend um we are going to be doing an Indonesian flick called Lady Terminator from 1989. No relation to the Terminator franchise, but oh, they try to fool you that it is. And uh, my co-host this evening, or this afternoon, I should say, is my good buddy, Tom Perdinsky. How are we doing? Real good. Thanks for having me for, uh, for a, a uh, film that is near and dear to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and all the other organs, too. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, for this movie, I, I I had seen clips of it. I had heard it reviewed on multiple other shows, and I'd seen trailers for it left and right. But I'd I'd seen the alternate opening, you know, where they uh, substituted uh, the the husband for the the queen of the sea. But uh, I had never seen this in full. I had never seen this in full. Just in parts, and this was such a crazy movie. And it was, I didn't realize as we were talking off the air that it was directed by the same guy who did Mystics and Bally. So I was just like blown away. I, I was, I got what everything that I expected once I realized that. I'm like, okay, we're we're gonna have all sorts of craziness in this movie. Oh, absolutely. You 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 have no idea how much craziness you're in for. You know, based on again, based on the trailers and and the, the posters and the things you see. I mean, you, you get an idea of the basic plot, but oh boy, they they go for it. <laughs> There's yeah. No- <laughs> well, this is directed by a guy named i'm going to try to I, I tried to do my due diligence and listen to some interviews i think his name is pronounced h jute jaleel uh i think or, that's about as close yeah or, or jaleel jackson since that's what he uses for uh you know for lady terminator since that was yeah the american audiences jaleel jackson, jaleel jackson. <laughs> All, all those pseudonyms of these foreign films. I mean, it was just like watching one of those old Italian movies that we love so much. It's just like, oh, there's the there's the fake names. There's the fake shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, he uh, he was he was definitely during that you know Indonesian horror boom you know era in the uh, you know the late or mid mid to late eighties. I think was probably when it reached its peak. But he had he had the big three. You know. Mystics in Bali, Lady Terminator, and Dangerous Seductress. Those were his, you know, his signature horror films that were definitely geared more toward the international market. And they made a lot of, you know, more, uh, you know, more cultural horror films that really wouldn't translate well to, you know, to foreign markets. But but these were the ones that they, you know, definitely targeted for us. And he had the skills to to make these movies as a director. I mean, he was he was a very skilled director. For you know the the small budgets he had, he he was making action horror films you know over there before they were popular here. I mean, he just he was incredible. 
yeah, I was really impressed with how well that like the majority of this is shot. It, it does feel really weird. The opening fifteen minutes feels like a completely different film than the rest of it. Yeah, I, I yeah. think that was that was probably to to appeal more to you know his home audiences, you know his, the Indonesian audience. You know they were gearing these movies toward the middle class, the poor, and the middle class over there. And, um, you know, and and they're very superstitious, at least, you know, when when this movie came out, it was a very superstitious kind of society, especially the poor. And so he wanted to kind of tie it into, you know, their most popular superstitions, you know, their uh, the, the, the South Sea Queen, who, you know, apparently, at least in, when they were making this film, you know, they still believed in her and they believed that she blessed their leaders and, you know, was was still out there in the sea and was you know was still being worshipped and all these things and there were like three versions of her there's a good South Sea Queen an evil one and a kind of I, I don't know what the other ones is all about but in any event um, you know to tie it into their mythology kind of their religion they sort of tacked on I felt like they sort of it almost felt tacked on that beginning because the rest of the movie yeah I mean it's it's all based on that, that same story but it, yeah it. it you know, takes place what a hundred years before, and and it just right, it really right. is weird. If you can get through that and just accept that as kind of your backstory, you know, it really kicks into gear after that. Yeah, that's kind of like almost if you treat this almost like a uh, as an anthology film in a, in a manner of speaking, and just consider that that's your wraparound. Yeah, that's your exactly. wraparound story. Exactly. But let's go ahead and get off into this movie. I'm going to give the people at home listening the IMDb synopsis. Not that uh, it's going to make any sense when we start talking about this movie, <laughs> because, well, we'll just we'll let it, we'll let it unfold as it will, folks. But Lady Terminator from 1989 is as follows: the spirit of an ancient evil queen possesses the body of a young anthropological student who then goes on a murderous rampage. And there's so much more going on in this movie than that. I mean, they should have just said this was a spoof of, you know, uh, Indonesian horror alone, but a, a spoof of almost every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie up until this point. Like, because there's there's lines that are ripped from Conan the Barbarian, which I'll, I'll point out in the middle of it. There's an, an ending that just reeks of the Predator movie. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, this namesake, Lady Terminator, there's whole scenes. I mean, we'll get into it, but there's whole entire scenes and sequences that are almost taken shot for shot from the original 1984 Terminator. And I'm here for it. I love it. I I, I feel like this movie was just the most elaborate spoof without Leslie Nielsen that was ever made. There you go. Or, or you know, what I would like in it, too, is like a more competently made Bruno Mattei film. Yes, you know, he did. I mean, he's been trying to he, during his you know his career. He was trying to remake Predator, you know, at least ten different times, and you know, with, with just slightly different you know plots, and uh, and you know Terminator to some degree too. But this was this was the same idea, you know. Let let's take the the popular Western culture, you know, sci-fi monster action tropes. Let's take all these things and let's make our own movie out of them. And, you know, they found the right director to do it. This guy's got the skill to do it. And uh, that, that's what makes it so much fun. Yeah, I agree. And uh, the, the fun part, I love a movie that has opening crawls or opening narrations, yeah. you know, and closing. <laughs> yep. And probably much to your disdain, I, I wrote the entire opening and ending crawl down. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the, the the opening one is much, much 
uh, shorter, but I, 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 this is it in full, folks. Sometimes the past should be left to memory to gather dust within the caverns of recorded time. Against the back, and that's all just shot against the backdrop of uh, ocean tidal waves taking over. <laughs> and it, it literally, against the backdrop of the ocean, very ominous, and then it goes straight to some sweaty, sweaty fucking. Like, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a hard cut. It's just like, like boom, like, oh, okay, hey, hey, here we go. We're right into the action. But the part that doesn't, that, 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 that gets me is it goes right into that within 10 seconds, this, the seafaring witch goes straight to Cuisinarding this guy's dick. I mean, that's basically what she does to it. We end up finding out, you know, she has an eel inside her that, that bites off you know, th these guys' penises. But at the same time, I call it the Cuisinart technique because it's just like, damn, I'm like, that's just rude. It's just it's just, it's just, just a rude way. It's like, hey, how do you do? And then, like, I, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on this when she has that line, the witch does, and says, is there any man that can satisfy me? I'd be like, no, no, I can't. I'm, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> you know? Yep, that, that was, and that was, again, back to that, you know, South Sea Queen you know, religion, mythology, whatever you want to call it, where, you know, she was supposedly insatiable. And I guess in those, uh, you know, in those uh, poor communities in Indonesia and so forth, you know, they would still, supposedly, they would still make sacrifices to that queen. And whenever some, you That's know, crazy. Young, yeah, whenever some young sailor would drown at sea, they would say, well, the South Sea Queen took him, you know, to, to satisfy her. So, you know, that was, that was kind of the tie into their mythology. And it's interesting that, um, the big three, Mystics in Bali, Lady Terminator, and and Dangerous Seductress, too, they, they are all basically based on this, you know, mythology of the South Sea Queen to, to varying degrees. So it's a real popular mythology over there. You could probably compare it to, you know, the Exorcist here or something. You know, it's just something that, uh, you know, they believe strongly enough in that they're, they just will keep making horror films around it, you know, in some way, shape, or form. So it, it was fascinating, you know, from from that standpoint. It's also interesting that, uh, you know, is, is, as you said, is there any man who can satisfy me? The next man who comes in to satisfy her is, of course, an American. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, bring in the pasty white dude. Yep. yep and yeah, and yeah. then like and then this is the biggest what the fuck moment of the movie. And there's a lot of what the fuck moments in this movie. He snatches an eel right out of like inside her. And then he turns it into a knife, kind of Conan the Barbarian style, like like when Tulsa Doom would turn the the snakes into arrows, yep. and and I, like that's like my the, my first note of like the all the Arnold references, like they were just big on American films at this point, I guess you know, with the, the references, but like snatches an eel from right up inside her, and it's like that's where we're going with this. <laughs> yeah, like it. So go ahead, go ahead. No, and, and, and I learned a new word during that scene, too, that, you know, that 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 eel that, that he snatches out that turns into a dagger, it's called a chris. So apparently a dagger also is called a chris, which I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah, that's why they were calling it that. I thought it was just like a, 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 a euphemism or something. But yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah, no, no. And you're and you're, yeah, that was that was a pretty, pretty, uh, you know, fascinating sequence there like you said from conan and, and from terminator and all that stuff and in that in those days you know those american films they were real popular in indonesia 
Um, and but uh, supposedly Lady Terminator was one of the first ones that actually outperformed the American films during that era when it came out. Really? So that gives you some ideas to how you know how popular this one was. But uh, what they did, if I remember right, was it, for an American distributor to, to have their film shown in Indonesia, they had to agree to make a certain number or finance a certain number of Indonesian films. And I don't know what the ratio was, but that was how the Indonesians kind of started their own film movement there, you know, to, to get the talent and to make movies, you know, because they had, they had plenty of people who wanted to watch movies there and they were importing all these American movies, but they wanted to have their own, you know, film Right, right. Production company. So that's how they worked out this deal with the distributors. You want to distribute your movie here, fine, but you have to finance a certain percentage of, you know, our movies. And that's how Lady Terminator and a lot of these other ones got made. You know, the American companies basically financed these movies. And then the Indonesian films, you know, started to take off on their own and, and were, you know, were especially with Lady Terminator, you know, made made their money back and <coughs> excuse me. And, uh, you know, we're quite successful. And, and Lady Terminator even played in some theaters, you know, in the United States. So it was probably the most successful of all of them was this one. Well, that's, that's quite insightful. I, w- I didn't know this, how it worked, that they had to finance, you know, that they were kind of strong armed into like, hey, we'll, 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 well, you know, we'll show your films here, but we want you to finance a couple of our films. That's, that's amazing. It's kind of, well, it's not unlike, at least in Michigan and Georgia and some other states, you know, where they had film incentives. Where they would say, hey, come make your film in Michigan and we'll give you all these tax breaks. And we did that under, I forget which governor, you know, here in Michigan for a while. And all of a sudden, all these movies were being made in Michigan. And, you, you know, you'd hear about these big stars showing up in Grand Rapids and Detroit and all this stuff for, you know, their scenes so that they could take advantage of the tax break. So it's just sort of a little twist on that. It's like, hey, you know, ah, you show your yeah. movies in Indonesia, fine, you can show them. But, you know, here's sort of the tax you're going to pay. And you can show five movies, but you've got to help us make one or how, you know, whatever the ratio was. Yeah, well, yeah. for every five movies we buy of yours, you got to make one of ours, you know. And I'm sure that same sort of thing is going on right now, like in Quebec. You know, they make all kinds of movies in Quebec. Why? I'm sure there's some incentive to do so. Right, right. No, that's cool. That's cool. That's neat how the, here the little bit of the history of how these, uh, you know, some of these weird films get made. Yeah. But back to the plot the plot i got to i got to be, be very specific here because the 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 great sea queen the south sea queen is very specific where she says in 100 <laughs> years i will have my revenge on your great granddaughter i'm going to now i'm going to return to the sea return 100 years in 100 years to avenge this insult so she's very specific it's going to be a great granddaughter how she would know that you know she would that this dude would even have a, a great a, granddaughter somewhere down the line is you know you know you gotta suspend your disbelief a little bit but it's okay it's okay yeah it was it was kind of the way i interpreted it after many viewings was that when he when he retrieved the eel from her and you know converted it into that weapon that she must have lost a lot of power so you know i mean not that this is ever spoken in the the dubbed version that we have but you know so she has to retreat to the sea to regain her powers so that she can eventually take revenge but she must have lost a bunch of her power at that moment and that's why she couldn't do anything to him you know she couldn't take revenge on him she had to wait until she regained her her strength if i was remaking this movie that would be how i would explain it Oh, this movie, it needs a remake. You know, when they're remaking movies like Hills Have Eyes and Halloween, you know, mo- movies that are classics, that that I have a problem with. This is a movie that's rife for remaking. 
you know, oh. you can make it with, and it, there's almost be almost no rules because you'd be like making a, a remake of a crazy movie that's a pretty much a remake of a classic movie. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be it'd be nuts. It would be. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm as, as you said that, I never, I never really thought of an American remake of this movie, and I honestly can't think of a director who could do it. <laughs> so, oh, I mean, I think who, you're, who, I think you're the man for the job, sir. You're, I'm, you already I'm said the it. only one. <laughs> I'm the only one crazy enough to try it. <laughs> All right. Now, I, I, I don't know if you remember the first time you watched this movie, because again, this was a first time watch for me. The biggest mistake I had going into this movie is when the Tanya character, played by Barbara Ann Constable, gorgeous. plays gorgeous woman. And you know what she went through for this role, and this is the only role that she 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 acted in, and she had some uh, you know some wild stunts to 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 execute here, and did most of her own stunts and got injured at one point. And I think I even picked the scene out where she got injured. I, at least I have a theory on that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but the biggest mistake anyway, when I get back to what I was originally talking about, that, that had about this movie is that when Tanya gets introduced, I thought she was the great-granddaughter searching for the legend of the great uh, the South Sea Queen. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, you know, and that that was the the confusing part until I got like about another 15 minutes in because this, you know what I mean? It, it it is a little confusing at that point. I was just like, "Okay, this is the great-granddaughter, you know, or great-great-granddaughter." Like, "Nope, nope, she's just the 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 instrument that the the sea queen uses to exact her revenge, really." Exactly. She's the vessel. She's she is the lady terminator. But at this point in the movie, she's still just a model and an anthropologist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm an anthropologist, huh? Yeah. No, don't yeah. don't blame her for that dubbing, by the way. So. Oh, no. No, no, no. I Nobody would, can be blamed for their dubbing in this movie. I, I would pay real money to, to you know, hear the actual, you know, version of this movie, the, the Indonesian version with 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 the original dialogue they recorded. I don't think it exists. Because I think they just, you know, sent it over here to be dubbed in, in English, and that's that's all we have. But I think there probably is, you know, a print out there of the version that they showed in their country. Because you've seen those deleted scenes where they replace the, you know, the American guy in the, you know, the, the very first an opening, scene yeah, with, yeah, with with uh, with an Asian guy. And uh, so I would I would really love to see the print with, you know, the, the undubbed dialogue, because that is my biggest complaint with this whole movie is the dubbing is it, it's sometimes it's OK, but mostly it's kind of cold. It, it just they, they don't do a, a real good job. I think they were sort of playing it for laughs at times. And it's like, don't, uh, I thought so don't too. ruin a movie that way, you know, but it was well, like with Christopher Hart's uh, you know, Christopher Hart's character is Max, the cop. Yep. Like his stuff is dubbed so badly and so just without any kind devoid of any kind of emotion whatsoever. It's just like somebody was reading stereo instructions. Yeah. And, and, and Barbara's, you know, her, her, uh, her character, Tanya, her, her, her part is dubbed by someone who almost has baby talk. It, it's like, yeah, uh, yeah and that, <clears throat> it's just not appropriate for a student who's studying anthropology and you know you watch her her mouth movement and stuff like that and i i, I know that she doesn't sound that way you can just tell you know right the, right yeah you can tell it's just really bad but, overdubbing <laughs> but she doesn't have a lot of dialogue fortunately and it's mostly you know her performance takes over with she doesn't need dialogue she's a good performer yeah once she gets possessed there's not much dialogue. She has a couple of lines, like where she asks where Erica is, and she, yeah. you know, tells the guy to get out of the car, and that's really about it. Her, her dialogue is is done at yep. that point. 
because uh, you know we, we when she gets the book from the guy at the library, yeah. who her warns her about the the South Sea witch. He tells her, you know, don't go going for it. You're going to get bad things. But yeah. she doesn't listen, and then all of a sudden, with the book in tow, for about three minutes, we're in Fulci's zombie. Yeah, with a creepy with a creepy cap, and and after much ado and a bunch of ballyhoo, we're you know she's snorkeling, you know underneath the the, the you know on the, in the ocean, and she's looking for you know the sunken uh, castle that you know had sunk a hundred years yep. before, and the, and the magical dagger that disappeared with it, and yep, the the magical Chris, and that. That creepy captain, like, I liked his character, but he's taken out, like, he realizes all of a sudden when this big tidal wave, like, from the perfect storm is coming at him. He's like, oh, my God, what have I done? And it's like, you done fucked up is what you did. Yep, yep. You did the one thing you said you weren't going to do, and look where it got you. Killed in the tidal wave. Well, you know, he was a dirty old man. He's out there with a 20-year-old college student in her black bikini, and he's taking her out in the boat thinking he was going to have a good time. And, you know, he, he got what he deserved. That's how I look at it. Yep, yep. <laughs> I could have stood to have a little bit more of the creepy captain, have more of a creepy ending for him. But it was it was fun. That that ominous tidal wave that takes out the boat and the captain is is best stock footage that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and, yeah. and the way the way he gets splashed by the water is hilarious. <laughs> it's like uh, two buckets of water hitting him from two different sides. But, you know, <laughs> it's it's funny, and and, I, and, and maybe maybe this is the point to mention. You know, this this is. I mean, obviously, this is a pretty contrived, you know, one of those bad movie types of movies, but it doesn't distract you from the entertainment. It's not bad like, oh, they did that so bad, it just takes you out of the movie. It doesn't. I mean, it's just, it's a part of it. it it's part of the charm. And that's what I was going to say. It's got a certain charm to it because while, although this might be a bad movie, it's a fun movie to watch. Like I never, there's only one scene I felt bored and I'll get to that when we get to it. But sure. there's there's really only one scene where it's just like, Oh God, we could have done without all this, and it, it was the it was the getting to know you scene between you know Max and, and Erica. That was just like when they're talking about their past, and I understood why they had it, but it's just you know it really is the only scene where I was just like watching my you know the clock and just like okay when are we gonna get through this when it gets sure. you, yeah, know, you know more you gotta, creative. You got to remember the audience again. You know they're yep. they're going for the they're going for the middle class the the drive in movie audience. They they want to have a you know, they want to have a love scene. They want, you know, they, there's they, they, there's women in the audience, so we got to have a love scene, you know, type of attitude that these filmmakers had. So they they kind of tacked that in there. Yeah, I, I hear you. You know, I, it was it was contrived, but I, I also thought it was quite funny. <laughs> oh yeah, it was hilarious. It was like, oh, they're going for every fucking extraneous yep. like storyline. My wife died. Yep, she was true. raped and murdered right in front of me. Yep. I couldn't do anything about it. And it was just like, ooh, wow, okay. <laughs> script, script writing 101. You know, yep. you check all the boxes. Oh, we forgot we gotta have a love interest for this guy. Yep. Okay, here's yep. how we'll do it. Yeah, but yeah, I, I I hear you there. But but yeah, it's but even even so, you know, with, with how you felt about that scene, it's not like it was a bad scene because they no. weren't trying. You know, they were they were trying to do it. It was just not particularly well written. <laughs> right. <laughs> was it was it executed as well as it could be? Probably. <laughs> <given that. laughs> right, you're right. This is but, about as you know, it's like you expect them to go <clears throat> acting. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yep. No, I, well, I that doesn't bother me. It's, it doesn't. It's, oh, no, it didn't. It didn't bother me. But it's the one scene I could be like, okay, this movie could do without that. Everything else was 
it, it felt like it needed to be there. And I understood why it was there. It's just like, I was just like, okay, come on, get some more uh, boobs and bullets and blood and, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, it was, it was pretty much from, from this point on, that was pretty much your only breather in the whole movie. Right, right. <laughs> you got no other breathers because it's nonstop pretty much from where, oh, yeah. where we're going now on. So. Oh, well, from, from this point on, we had that weird tans transition where tanya is you know underwater snorkeling and then next thing you know she's just on a bed of roses tied up with this mystic green lace and gets invaded by the evil eel you know like evil dead style yeah evil dead animated eel and uh yeah she's she's tied down to the bed spread eagle fortunately she still had her black bikini on because this was indonesia and you know they they have pretty strict rules about nudity there so but uh, yeah, it was yeah. it was interesting. But it was also to me that sequence right there was where you first started to get the the sense that this was that this director he had, he had some Argento inspiration. I mean the yeah. lighting, the camera angles, a lot of that throughout the this lightning film. transitions, the, yeah, yep. the optical effects they used for that yep. were. I, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. Yeah, but the camera movement, you know, it was, it, you know, maybe Argento, maybe he was inspired by 80s MTV music videos. I don't know. But he pulled it off, you know, and it did look, it was cool looking. It was it was well, well executed stuff. You know, what did it mean? You know, who knows? But, you know, somehow the South Sea Queen was possessing her and sent a sent an eel inside her, I guess, to 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 get it to work it doesn't really make any sense because well i mean it made sense to me because my thought was that that's what she was spending that hundred years getting ready for she was just finding another eel apparently yeah Yeah. that's (laughs) that's that's got to be how how it's working but but yeah and in any event that it it was it it was kind of cool i just i thought when i watched it again and again i first saw this movie when it first came out on dvd thank you mondo macabro Man, these they they unearthed some of the best stuff. But it must have been about two thousand four or five when I saw this, and I've watched it probably ten times since. But you know, it well, it's going to be a regular in my lineup from here. Oh, on. Abs- absolutely! It's just so much fun. But I was I was you know I just at that time I was really into Italian films and because I was writing you know Italian zombie movie and I was really studying Argento and those guys and that immediately when I saw that scene it's like oh my gosh this is this is Argento this is something right out of one of his films and uh, and and he pulled it off you know he didn't do a bad job so I, I started to become more impressed with him as a director and throughout the rest of the movie really um but yeah i was it wasn't it didn't grab me right away that first scene with the south sea queen stuff you know didn't bode well <laughs> it was like this right right but then basically from this point on it, it really you know draws you in oh yeah that's like from the second tanya comes out of the water which yeah. i marked it down is at the 18 minute mark we're totally yeah. in the terminator oh absolutely because <laughs> we gotta go right down to the punks these two you know wild and crazy guys you know they're just <laughs> screaming about like oh maybe the south sea queen will come up here or you know come up here herself and you know help us out (laughs) i'm like yeah wouldn't it be great if the south sea queen you know here here, the two drunks the guy has the longest pissing scene in the history of of motion pictures right he's pissing all over the place he's just pissing in the wind and straight (laughs) up into the wind Well, his daddy yeah, yeah. didn't teach him. You don't piss into the wind, you know. Never. Yeah, exactly. You don't, <laughs> don't piss on hospitality or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you can't piss on hospitality, son. Yeah. Um, but the yeah. South Sea Queen is coming their way, and and I, 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 like you know, it's it's kind of a giggity kind of moment because they're they're just like, oh, like hey, like we got some pot in the car. You want to you know have some fun? And she literally 
fucks and kills both these dudes. It, like in a manner of seconds, takes them out with you know the the Cuisinart eel, as I call it. This was, yep. I'm just going to call it the Cuisinart eel because it just like destroys them. But even the music at this point, when uh, she's starts to infiltrate the nearby hotel when she steals the leather jacket and gets the pants from the, the, those guys, yep. you know, it's that uh, that it's total Terminator moment. Yep. The music yeah, is even yeah, very yeah. yep, <laughs> yep. Dun, dun, dun. It's very yep. Terminator-ish music, and. <laughs> And we haven't really commented on the music in this one, but really up to this point, a lot of the music was very Halloween inspired and yeah. a little bit, a little bit of day of the dead. And, uh, cause this, this, I don't, I think they shot this in 88. So, you know, definitely the, I think they're, they're called the Ricky brothers did the music, but you know, they were, they were definitely listening to, you know, to, to Western music and they were, they were, they were going for that. And, uh, it was a little, the, the, nee, 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 nee part that that got annoying. it was just it was just halloween music slow down yeah but once they once she becomes you know this possessed creature and, and they they kick in the the terminator style music oh it, it really picks up and, and gets good and they they did they did a great job there i will say one warning um maybe to to, to your listeners at this scene this is this is when some of the political incorrectness of this film comes out and you start to get into kind of the uh you know the AIDS jokes. <laughs> oh yeah, that was harsh. Yeah, which are not very funny, and and they and they get a lot of uh, you know, you know whatever. But it is something to 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 be aware of that it, it's it's a little yeah. You know, the language gets a little uh, how you yeah, want to say dicey at times. Juvenile. It's juvenile for sure. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it because there's the whole conversation where like the the Max is the cop is just. They're trying to get him hooked up with another girl. It's like, oh, the guys are starting to think you're gay. And it's just like, ooh, that's not. And then not, they laugh. <laughs> you know, and they, yeah, and they have yeah, that canned laughter. This is like, that, but that's not funny. Uh, that's not that's not funny. Yeah, today, it, yeah, it's, it's just not, you know, we're, 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 we're smarter than we were then. And, you know, especially in the United States, that was the, we were still in the recovering from the Reagan ultra conservatism. Yeah, we, we yeah. were all Cro-Magnum men at that point. We I were, guess. we were, yeah, we, there was, there was no, uh, and this, yeah, uh, it was just such a different era there. You know, there, there wasn't any acceptance of anything different. You better be a Christian white male and that was it. And, you know, that was, that was what we yeah. grew up with, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, nothing is more uh, is more apparent than that when you get to the scene where Max's character gets introduced, when he's like, you know, the the guys come in, he's like, oh, do you serve beer in this place or you just serve milk? And he keeps elbowing Max and trying to goad him into a fight, yep. and then they pretty much all but like assault those two girls at the end of the bar before Max and his buddies, um, was it Snake and Joe, <laughs> yeah, jump in with some of the worst choreographed fight scene. Oh, like uh, very sped up, but like they give those guys a run for their money and give them what for, but because they deserve it because they're a couple of assholes. Exactly. Yeah. No, worst bar ever. Yeah, it was. I mean, I and then you realize later that that was actually a flashback. Yeah, yeah. And it was that was kind of awkward um, how they did that, but you know, again, it was an awkward reveal because you think you're in present day. Yep. Yeah, there was nothing to indicate you were in a flashback until it was done. And then he's just you know, looking at a picture of this woman that he met in the bar that he defended from these creeps. But honestly, I don't think I caught that until maybe the third time I saw the movie. I just thought it was edited out of order. <laughs> was... I thought so, too. I watched this movie twice. 
in yep. preparation. Once just to watch it, and then once while while I took my notes, and I noticed it the second time. I'm like, oh, okay, that's supposed to be. Uh, you know, I thought it was just a time lapse. Like, oh, he met with her, got married, and then she was inst instantly killed. I'm like, until I got to that point, I was like, okay, I, I, I was just way, way, way off on that. Yeah, they, they should have. They should have maybe changed their hairstyles or done something <laughs> to to make it look like this is five years ago instead of you know. Yeah, do some doodly doos. You know, doodly do, yeah. doodly do to something like that. But you, but you can't change Snake's hair. I mean, Snake had the ultimate mullet, and you. Oh yeah. So Actually, at the point that I think they he had that mullet, it was more a skullet than anything. But, yeah, oh, you know. absolutely. <laughs> he was, and he was, he was clearly, you know, meant to be the comic relief. Not that this movie needed comic relief, but that that's what he was there for. <laughs> yeah, but, like oh. there's any kind of need for any kind of comic relief in this movie. There's there's all sorts of unintentional funny moments in this oh, movie. Absolutely, absolutely. And and then when they tried to be funny, like with the hot dog joke. Yeah, he really hates hot dogs, don't he? <laughs> totally fell flat. It's like, don't try to be funny, guys. Just it'll be funny on its own. <laughs> yeah, it don't have to be intentional. Just let it flow. It'll be it'll yep. be just fine. Like a, an unintentionally funny scene is when we get introduced to the the great granddaughter Erica, who's like a you know uh, an amateur singer who's about ready to break into the big time. But they send that she's Jill Peterson from Channel Six to give that world's most awkward interview. Oh, wasn't that? But you know, but you. You know, she's just a sweet girl who's going to be doing a rock show tonight. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want to be famous. I just want to live my life normally. And it's just like, but but do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, you know, again, I don't know what it's what it was like over there in those days. But, yeah, you know, the, somebody somebody's going to be interviewed on TV because they're giving a local a local concert. I, <laughs> that's, that's big, maybe that big here. news over there. I don't know. All that said, though, that that rock concert that she puts on, I, I honestly think that's that's a highlight of the movie. That's a great song. It, yeah, it's it, it's it's fun. It is. It's great. I mean, it's well shot. It's sung well. And if you listen to the lyrics, it's kind of political, which was a pretty dangerous thing to do in Indonesia in those days when they were, you know, kind of under a corrupt government that you know later collapsed and everything else but uh sometime when you and i wish somebody had transcribed them all but i picked up bits and pieces of the words the more i you know watched the movie and uh it's i mean normally I'm not to watch that scene over again yeah normally a, a concert scene like that where this you know the, the local girls putting on a show normally that's just nothing but filler but in this case there was something to it and it was well done i mean that was a a nice, nicely done '80s, you know, kind of dance rock ballad, and well performed and, and shot and everything. I was it's kind of one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, like, well, you don't realize it that uh, until that that scene where they get to the bar and she's giving the, you know, she's giving her performance on stage. You kind of all of a sudden realize, like, okay, this is our Sarah Connor. Yeah, this exactly. is totally our. That's when I was just like, okay, I see where they're going with this. I guess we, we probably got it. We probably got to back up though. And that's, that's my fault for jumping ahead. But yeah, the, the, the key to the, the scene that you were talking about with the, um, you know, where she's being interviewed is this is when we first see, you know, kind of the, 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 the artifact that is going to lead our Terminator to her, which is that Jade necklace. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then we're Erica, that's our main, our, our, our secondary main character. And she's played by uh, Claudia Angelique Redmaker. Which I don't. I think that was a pseudonym. 
I think yeah. though, if, if I remember right, and I, I could be wrong, but I thought that I went when I first saw this, it seems like I did did, did some follow up or, or heard somewhere that she actually was a uh, a musician. Um, you know, oh, like okay. Popular singer, you know, locally in in that era. So I don't know that that was her song, but I do think that she was a, a singer and a dancer. So you know, which explains her you know her her looks and her ability to to pull that scene off, certainly. But, like, uh, we do find out that is the key of the scene, that they're fawning over her and her friend, I think, whose name, the character's name was Marianne. She's very short-lived. They're kind of <laughs> fawning over a reproduction nexus necklace that we find out is actually, you know, we find out her lineage to the great-grandfather. Exactly. Yep. And, uh, and Tanya shows up, like, minutes later, goes after the wrong one, <laughs> goes after the yeah. wrong one because she just sees the necklace, and she kills Marianne fairly quickly and easily with a headshot from that Uzi that she got from the hotel clerk because hotel clerks always carry Uzis. Oh, exactly. And that was a pretty brutal headshot, too. That was a brutal headshot. Holy shit, was that brutal. And then the poor uh, bystander that comes in, I think it was supposed to be like a a cleaning lady or something. It's like, hey, but like, I I feel like at that point, the the Tanya, who I'm just going to refer to her, refer to as Terminator Tanya. I feel yeah. like she feels like she was tricked, so she gets angry and she crushes the next ne- necklace, and then goes out of the the bathroom. Nobody heard the shots either that or the gunshots were so commonplace out in, yeah. in that time. You know that that she goes and starts taking out the TVs, yeah. like she hates. I keep thinking of that line from the jerk. He hates those cans. Like yeah. I'm like she hates those TVs, and it's a great little sequence with some really great pyro. Oh yeah, and and of course, you know what was playing on those TVs was, was. Our, yep. our our sweet young girl who's giving a rock show tonight. It was a, a preview of her giving her rock show with her jade necklace on. So I, I, that's what I what I got from it was that she oh, realized yeah. then that she you know was after she got the wrong girl and it was the other girl who she had to go after. So she was venting her frustration and did she she shot that TV salesman pretty brutally too during that. It's like, yeah. Hey, stop! And then, like, no, just let her do her thing, man. And I can, yeah. I can, t- I can tell you, she, she, she means business. Absolutely, and and yeah, and this is another another sequence um, where where you start to realize, you know, how many of her own stunts she, you know, Barbara did, and even firing those guns, you know, with all those squibs and and everything. I mean, she's she's doing all that herself. You know, today that would all be CGI, and you know, she'd be shaking a plastic gun. This was this was pretty scary stuff. She was pretty she was a pretty tough woman to be able to handle these weapons, you know, even firing blanks. They're still firing stuff. And uh, it was yeah. it was it was impressive. I mean, she's every bit as good as Arnold was in Terminator. Oh yeah, every bit as good. And and the fact that I think I caught the scene, um, I might be jumping ahead here, but we can do that. It's our show. Where she <laughs> apparently got her ankle got skewered by a piece of glass that they had to like surgically fixed at a military hospital down there and <clears throat> and if i read in the, in the trivia right they had to pay her they had to pay the actress for her uh, barbara ann they had to pay, pay her for her time while the film was shot down so at least they paid her that i felt better about that but there's the scene where she kicks her kicks through a glass door and i swear the way it cuts you can see her kind of react and the way the glass mm-hmm. shatters that this is real, not like brick and it wasn't breakaway glass. I'm, I'm willing to throw a hazard guess out there and say that's where she got injured, but yeah. I could be way off. 
Yeah, I would, I would, I would probably guess the same thing because yeah, I, I remember that shot too. And there's, she does. I mean, she's kicking open doors. She's, you know, she's doing all kinds of just incredible stunts that you know would never happen around here. Um, so again, I, I give her all, I give her all the credit for you know just being brave, you know, brave actress, and she, she was great. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. She was well, her and the and the other stunt people. Yeah. All the stunt people in this movie deserve accolades. And like, yeah, some of the stunts are are not well timed, but like, you know, some of them are a little wonky at times, but they're always fun. They're always really kinetic and fast paced. And they're always and, bloody. <laughs> yeah, they're always bloody. Like, oh my God, when she kills that first cop at the police station, I know we're jumping around here a little bit, but when she empties a full clip into him. Well, I shouldn't say a full clip because she never reloads up. She just fires like 5,000 rounds from this gun before it finally runs empty and she tosses it. But we're jumping ahead. We're jumping ahead here. What I got to talk, talk about is the trope. The biggest trope of all of having a coroner eating while working on corpses. Yep. <laughs> and then the, all the weird dialogue that they have about how this could happen. Like, oh. Uh, all their penises have been bit off. And it's like, well, it could, 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 they say it could be an eel, but an eel on dry land. And it's like, well, how would it, how would that even work? Well, you get down, you unzip the pants. And it's just like, they're making bad jokes about it where oh, they yeah. should have just played it serious because this guy is in the background eating and slurping on a bowl full of noodles, yep. you know? <laughs> yeah. And that, and you're right. It's like every, every, uh, every, police procedural we have to have that morgue scene and at least they were having some fun with it i'll give them that but yeah, oh my, yeah my favorite line in that scene was you know when he says oh three deaths three castrations you know and they all got their cocks bit off and his his first reaction was could have been a small animal <laughs> <laughs> like, could have been a gerbil i guess you know? and, then, and then eventually they yeah they come around to oh, an eel but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, huge leaps in, in logic for them to, to come to this conclusion. But hey, this movie's not wasting time, you know. No, We're, no. They they all know what you came to see. You came to see a big shootout with this Terminator lady. You you came to see action. So we're we're not gonna waste your time. Yeah, I mean we gotta we gotta find these these castrated. We gotta see these castrated guys, you know, laying there because she did, you know take care of them in the, in the early scenes when she first arrived. So we, we got to get these guys on the case somehow. So yeah, we got to link our, our converging storylines have to meet somewhere in the middle and that's how, how they get it. That's how they yep. get to that meeting place. I mean, it, it, like you said, they're not wasting any time. The movie's 82 minutes long, so it doesn't waste any time getting moving along. Exactly. And, and you know, we got to meet Max, you know, the, the star who we saw in his, the flashback and, and his buddy Tom. And I think his other buddy in this scene was Jack. Yeah, and you talk about the most boring Americanized names you could come up with. <laughs> Tom, Max, Jack. Jack. <laughs> Just later, Jack. You know, did we meet Joe, or we're we gonna meet Joe later? And who else is there? I mean, Joe you know, and Snake. Snake, and and Snake is the only one that's got a that's got, that's got an uncommon name. You know, Snake. Yeah. I, okay, they they worked a little hard on that, a little yeah. harder on that one. But the. Uh, uh, the cops, uh, but I think it's uh, Max and his buddy Jack who gets dispatched here very soon. Decide that they're going to, they're going to, you know, take a break and go to the club and see Erica's big club performance, which is just for the next several scenes. It's almost a shot per shot remake of the Terminator's club technor scenes. Yep. Down to the whole point when, when Tanya shows up and starts shooting up the place. I mean. Just laying waste to this place, even down to the "come with me if you want to live" line. Yep, it's beautiful. But, 
It's beautiful. <laughs> and the, the stunts, like, I I will, I might get some shit for this, but I don't give a damn. Like, the, the, the intense shootout and the stunts that follow are just as good and, like, and on par with the, the stunts and, you know, all the squib work and the muscle flashes and everything that the Terminator had to offer in this scene. Well, I, I would, I would absolutely agree. And, and I also think, um, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm overstating this here, but it seems like in a lot of the, you know, the films that, that came out of Asia, Eastern Asia and stuff like that, they, their stunt work is incredible. I, I, they're just, they're just a lot braver or the, or the regulations are a lot looser, but I mean, you see people flying over, you know, bars and into glass and, and all this stuff that you just, you know, here, of course, today would all be CGI, but I mean, it was just, it's incredible. I mean, it's just how these people survived it and, you know, maybe they didn't, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe some of them didn't, or they just got severely injured. Yep, but it's you know it's it's martial arts you know quality stunts really you know, throughout this this film and that's that's what makes it so much fun and again with the, the squibs and the and the gunshots and all that stuff it's just it's 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 kind of I don't I don't know if it's realistic it's it's definitely exciting it's exciting and it's refreshing yep it was yep. just refreshing to have this much action in a movie of this caliber because I didn't think they would go you know I knew it was a Terminator ripoff of sorts. But I didn't know they would go straight, you know, straight away into like completely recreating some of these scenes and doing it so well. So, so well. And and again, I just fall back to thinking, how would, how would Bruno Mattei have handled this scene? Not as well. <laughs> not, not as well. Maybe a little Bruno. bit more sloppily. Yeah, I love Bruno, but he he couldn't pull this off. This was really no. Fun. But then we get poor dead Jack Cop. He gets yeah. killed pretty easily. He gets his neck broken, gets, get a, ends up a smear of blood on the wall. And this is the part where I have to make a comment, and I don't want to knock on the actress too much because I think uh, Barbara Ann that plays the Tanya character does a great job. But she runs very weird. It's like a, a weird gallop or a skip to the loo, my darling, kind of like gallop that just is very strange. I think she was obviously trying to uh, probably mimic, you know, Schwarzenegger's run, running style. I don't know. Term- have you seen her boots, though? I, I, think I, I think I get it. I don't think you could run any other way in those boots that she had. <laughs> Good point. Good point. I didn't consider that, but those high heel boots probably, yeah, there's probably no other way to run in boot, no, boots like that. She's She was quite athletic for sure. And of course, in this massive shootout is obviously when we learned that, you know, she is basically bulletproof. And uh, yeah, Jack, no, no squibs at all when she gets shot. Nope. Fortunately, I mean, she'll fortunately, you know, they find out that impacts affect her because Jack, you know, takes that double barrel shotgun and blasts her a couple times. And, you know, she finally gets knocked down a couple times, but yeah. you know, shows no scars or no damage from the bullets. And th- this is kind of a little little inconsistency later in the film. She she is damaged by bullets, but not not anything major. But um, it is it is pretty, uh, pretty, pretty exciting sequence there. And, and we, we definitely establish her as, you know, the Lady Terminator. Oh, yeah. And then they even, but they, they escape at one point, uh, Tanya, not Tanya does, uh, but Erica and Max. And they they think they got, oh, that's backup coming, coming. Don't worry, they'll take you home. But it's not backup. It's Tanya in the stolen police car. So when the, there's a sequence here where they're in a car chase and they keep swishing up cars. And there's a part where Max totally takes an M16, fires at the car to open his way into it 
firing directly at Erica on the other side of the car. Like she's on the other side of the car. Yep. <laughs> he goes to blast the lock open. I, I noticed that. I'm like, that's not gun, proper gun safety, man. <laughs> no, and I will say the the one the one thing about this movie that I'm always amazed by is though this movie from beginning to end has the world's ugliest cars in it. Oh, You've God. never seen uglier cars, and maybe that's there's got to be something to do with Indonesia. But I mean, they're all just junky, ugly, ugly models. Even the newer cars are just like, what the heck kind of designs were they going for here? <laughs> they're just ugly paint jobs, ugly everything. But it makes it kind of fun too. You try to figure out what the yeah. heck was that. I had a note here that said, did everybody in Indonesia at this time had a shitbox car that you could just start with a screwdriver? Because there's nobody yep. ever has keys. They just, hey, can I borrow your car and just take the car? Yep. And and half the cars have a have a uh, Uzi or a machine gun in the back seat that they can grab and, and start shooting with. But, you know, yeah. 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 Why, yeah. why quibble? You know, it was, well, it, it's because I'm not quibbling over it. I, I think it's it, it adds to the, the craziness. And the fun of it, because there's some pretty wild car stunts for this time, oh. you know, time and, frame. And watch and watch those closely. Guess who's driving that car most of the time? Is Barbara that, Ann? Oh Lost yeah, she's shooting. driving it. You can see her behind the wheel 99% of the time, hanging out the window, shooting a gun while she's swerving. I mean, it's like wow. That's that was I was an action hero. She should have became an 80s action star. Oh. I, I'm sure she she saw she wanted it. She could have had it. I think. Yeah, I think she could have. I, I, this this experience, she must have gotten soured on it. And she was modeling. She was doing other things at the time. But uh, I yeah, I I really think that you know whoever her agent was, whoever didn't convince her to to keep pursuing this, it's a bummer because I think she could have done some amazing stuff. Yeah, she's probably like, I got, you know, I almost lost my foot doing one of these movies. That's it. I'm yeah. I'm I'm good. It's enough. Yep. And I you know, and she's on she's on Facebook now, and I I. You know, I've corresponded with her a few different times and she's, you know, she's about, about my age. Um, and, you know, she's she's you know, she, she's very nice and she's got a couple kids and stuff now. So I don't know if maybe, you know, maybe she wanted to have a family and just went that route instead. Not really sure. Yeah, but she, she does live in Australia. Her. You know, she lives in Australia now and she she's she's pretty uh, uh, she's pretty political about American politics. So I think it's kind of fun to, to see what she posts once in a while. <laughs> That's and true. she's right on, believe me, she's right on. But, uh, oh. yeah, it is It is a It is a bummer. And I think uh, I think uh, Newt Wallen at one point interviewed her you know, a few years ago and got her to come talk about her, her experiences and stuff on, on his YouTube channel. So she doesn't, I don't know, maybe she doesn't get a lot of requests to, to talk about it or maybe she just doesn't want to do it. But uh, I do think she's, you know, she's, she's interesting when I have heard her talk a little bit about it. And when I have, you know, again, very cool. Send her a message about stuff. I think she's, she's very cool, but yeah, I, I would have loved to seen her in, you know, 10 more movies. Oh, I would have loved to seen her to come back for lady Terminator too. I mean, come yep. on. <laughs> yeah. That would have been fantastic. Uh, well, where are we at in the movie? Uh, we get back at headquarters. Oh yeah, they, they get they track down that this was the missing tourist named Tanya. They they actually figure out who the Terminatrix or Terminator, you know, Lady Terminator is, you know, and we find out that their one cop friend, you know, you know, uh, Jack is dead, but Joe is, uh, I think, not Joe, but Tom is it? Is that he's still alive? Yeah, he he got but, shot when they were escaping the bar. He's still alive. He got shot in the arm or something. Yeah. But he has this line, uh, one of them does, and says, if it bleeds, it can die, which is yeah. like, I'm like, yeah. Ahem. Yeah. I think so I've that, heard this was, line before. 
Yeah, that was Snake. Now he wasn't there, so but he didn't he didn't he didn't notice that she wasn't bleeding in the bar. So, uh, uh, but, but yeah, I know that line was something. <laughs> that was the one I'm like, okay, here's the first per, you know Predator reference. There's yep. been numerous Terminator references, and, yep. and then we get introduced like really oddly. I maybe I'm mistaken here, but was the granduncle played by the same actor who played the librarian? Because I thought it was him with with the, like a different hairstyle. You know, I I've watched this movie so many times, and I think like about every third time, I think you're right. And then sometimes I'll watch it and I'll think, no, that's a different actor. It's because of the dubbing; it makes it really hard to tell. You know, people right. thin, thin older people. You know, like you say, a little different hairstyle, a little different clothes. You know, and and we're you know just uh, it, it's a little harder you know to recognize sometimes if if it if the dubbing hadn't been there we would probably know right away for sure, but yeah I, I I'm not positive it would be nice if that was the case it would tie it in you know tie it nicely together but that's it kind what of I thought thought it was going on that's what I thought was happening like okay well this makes sense but it it, it didn't make sense at the same yeah, time yeah but then it doesn't because he's supposed to be protecting. You know, that not that this, right. he wasn't trying to protect her, but why would he do anything to try to, you know, upset this South Sea Queen and, you know, allow anybody to go down there with the, the danger that, that, that could be unleashed? And then then at the different point, he says he's been waiting for 50 years and we, you know, we see the, the grandfather or the granduncle sitting on that cliff out in the mountains by himself. Right, right, right. Seems like that would be a long drive to get to the library every day and then go, you know, sit and meditate. <laughs> well, hell, it'd be a, a long drive just to get to the police station, you would think. Exactly. So I, I, that that's when I think, no, they're, they're different actors. But I, I've yeah. gone back and forth on that, too. Well, there's the, the funny part with the, the old man, the granduncle, is he t totally looks at the camera and he's like, when he says the, the term, the South Sea Queen, yep. uh, he, he totally turns and breaks the fourth wall and looks at the camera and then turns and goes back. And he does like a Burt Reynolds, like in Smoking the Bandit, like looks. But, 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 but he's not he's not supposed. I mean, he is looking at the camera, but he's supposed to be looking at Max. And I yeah. think that if they just would have directed him to avert his eyes just a little bit to the left. It would have it would have worked, you know, what they intended. But probably right. probably Max was standing right there, and that's why he did. It. I, I know they didn't intend to break the fourth wall there. I think it was just a little, yeah, you know, little lazy direction. <laughs> Bruno Mattei stepped in for that day as a as a yeah. pseudo director. Ghost directed that scene. Yeah, well, yeah, this movie did have it did have a couple of ass directors and an ass cameraman. So you know, when you when you watch the credits, <laughs> make make sure you you look for those two. <laughs> Ask cameraman. Ask cameraman <laughs> and the ass directors. Yep. Uh, we have to abbreviate assistant. That's too many letters. You know? That's too many. Yeah, it's too too much for the for the title cards to have to you know digest. Exactly. There. Yep. So maybe that maybe that was the ass director that day. <laughs> uh, my favorite scene is the one coming up. It's a again a total Terminator ripoff of the police station siege. Yep. But oh. Tanya comes in. Barbara Ann does as Tanya and just wrecks shit left and right. Drives her. Dies another one of those shitty Indonesian cars that looks like it's held together with like duct tape and bondo, mm -hmm. like through. And all I got li listed here is it's it's too hard to to describe. I, I think you know individually because it's just a lot of randomness, which was you know the, the original Terminator Police Station mm -hmm. Siege was kind of ra random. 
at times, but it's just got amazing pyro, amazing stunts, amazing squibs again. It's really a highlight. This movie is a highlight for this scene alone, you oh, know. Ab- and, absolutely. I mean, Tar- Tarantino couldn't have done it any better, you know, as far as just gory, violent shootout. I mean, it just, to me, it is just like, or, or peck and paw. You know, I mean, you, oh, you yeah. look at some of the best shootouts, and although this particular shootout, she does shoot a lot of groins. <laughs> she aims that gun she's, pretty low. Yeah, she aims the gun pretty low. Well, she gets to the. Uh, uh, well, I don't want to jump ahead too far here, right. but like she gets ahead to the to the the great granduncle yeah. that that's there, and he like uses his you know amulet, and he's like, and he even says this is the, the line that at one point he says this. This you can trust, just like Conan's father said to him. So it's another Arnold Arnoldism, but uh, it turns into you know a, a big trouble in Little China magic standoff for a hot second. But once the old man dispels that green blast of, of magic into Tanya's face, she literally empties a full clip, or at least what this movie represents as a full clip, three hundred rounds worth, basically into yep. his groin. I mean, yep. ouch, ouch. There's a lot of lot of groin shots, lot of lot of lot of that going on in this movie. <laughs> it's like message. <laughs> We're going to be yep. shooting a lot of dicks off in this movie. And but you know what? And and to her credit, you know, when she's shooting that machine gun, that's where she's aiming. You know. Yep. I mean, she's yep. not she's not going for headshots except in that you know bathroom scene early on when she gets a headshot. The rest of the time, she's shooting these guys in the groin. Well, and the I mean. <laughs> that was a, a a lady she shot in the head. She, there was yep. no dick to shoot off there, so yep, she, exactly. I, I get it. She's like, I'll yep. aim for the most uh, other vulnerable point, the, yep. the head, the yeah, other sure. head. As a police officer, they they teach you to aim for the aim for the torso. That's the biggest area. <laughs> well, it's just a little lower. <laughs> uh. Doesn't miss though. But then they make their daring escape, and we don't know okay. if if Tom is uh, you know. Uh, Max's buddy, who's the kind of the the comic relief here, is Tom dead? Nah, well we'll find out in a little bit, but who cares? Since she's out of ammo and she's got it, you know. After all, she has an eye injury. That after all this shit, she's got to go attend to that. Right. And, and this is the the one part. Like I know we've already like pre discussed this scene. This is the part where it slows down for a minute, few minutes to getting into that. You know, the getting to know you stuff. And it really is a sad story. You know, she's talking about her parents passing away when she was seven. He's talking about when his wife was raped and murdered. It's like, hey, sad story, far, followed by another sad story. He's like, yeesh. It, it, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. And then it's followed by my least favorite thing in a movie. Lame movie fucking. Lazy <laughs> movie fucking. I, I, I hate it. It's like, you know, either go full bore basic instinct into it or don't do a a, a fucking scene at all that, that, that's but, just me but there but there's but there's there's such a great lead-in line to that to that lovemaking scene which is damn you can't you see i'm crying for you <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, uh, yeah, I recall that line i'm crying for you like Wow, is this like <laughs> I expected him to be like, well, yes, nothing gets me harder. Thank you. <laughs> and, and yeah, and because this is well, this is a little bit of an aside here too, but one of the things about Lady Terminator, the the government did not like this movie. And uh, the censors actually tried and they I think they were successful in classifying this movie as pornographic. So they couldn't even show it in Jakarta. 
But what I thought was really funny about that is, like, so you have the big sex scene. We see nothing. You know, we, no, we, nothing. we see a tree. We see him getting dressed. We pan up the tree, which I'm assuming is some sort of a phallic thing. And, you know, in other scenes, yeah, we, you know, we, we see, you know, the Lady Terminator's boobs and, and, you know, those kinds of things. The only scene that I thought was close to pornographic was, you know, the well, I think we're coming up on that. It was a, another hotel room scene where, you know, where, yeah, where she like kills slash fucks another hotel worker to death. She lures him into her, you know, into the bedroom and, and that kind of thing, which is, yeah, you know, it's a little hard Irish, but but um, it's just it's just really funny that, uh, you know, they would all all the things going on in this movie and uh, they would get it. I don't know if he ended up doing any censoring or if he just bailed on showing it in Jakarta. So I don't know if this version is the full version or if anything was taken out of it. But, uh, you know, there was there was. There, was, there were some powers there that didn't want this movie to to be successful, and uh, he, so he was, you know, he was fighting against that. But what it tells me, this, you know, this sort of sex scene that they that they never show between these two characters, that tells me he certainly wasn't intending to make something pornographic. Or right, they, right. I don't they, think they would have, because you have this beautiful actress. I mean, they would have done something there. Um, you know, or they could have at least, and they, they just, they, you know, just didn't do that. We just fade out and we just, you know, show them getting dressed afterwards. Although from that point on in the movie, she calls him honey because I, yeah, think, yeah. I think in Indonesia, once you have sex, you're married. And I, we kind of got that in the beginning scene too, you know, where, uh, where, she, yeah, where yeah. she's the South Sea queen is with the American guy. And he's, uh, after he pulls the eel out, you know, we're married now. You know, so you uh, you have to stop seeing all these other men. <laughs> is, well, yeah, they, it's like you have to stop the killing. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Are they married because they just had sex? So I, it's a, there's definitely a cultural difference there that uh, you know we aren't we aren't fully attuned to, which makes me you know like this movie we know was packaged for for export to the United States to Europe for places like that. The more cultural horror films. I'd really love to see those because I wonder how much different they are if they're really hard for us to follow because their their culture is so much different than ours, you know. Right, it's, right. I, I, yeah, that'd be interesting to compare. Yep. I, I wish someday we could we could see more of those. Yeah, it'll it'll probably happen. You know, everything's getting out there on YouTube. It seems like so. Yep. Yep. It's all becoming available to the masses. Yep. But uh, anyway, sorry for that. Sorry for that. No, 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 no. It's. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I I'm learning something new every minute here. <laughs> uh something else that's not, that that is something exciting but not new is the weird reenactment of the eye surgery scene yeah <laughs> because like like she gets a laser but like not a laser blast but a magic blast that hits her eye and like you know d- does damage to it but she you know takes her eyeball out washes it off in in the sink, which it's like a comically big fucking eyeball. Yeah. It's, it's like way much it's way far bigger than the eye that she plucked out. But then she just plucks it back in, but but not before washing it off underneath the, the, the sink tap and it like kind of sparking off with some like, you know, some more big trouble in little China electricity jolts. It, I, I, I I thought that was com- I literally was practically rolling laughing at that. That was just, I, so it was just a, such a completely big eyeball. I couldn't get past it. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I, um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure why they they chose to do it that way, but I, I did kind of like that. You know, she put the eyeball in water because you know she's the South Sea Queen. So I think water, you know, has that healing power, and that's why she was using that. Uh, to, 
to put it back. That that's what I thought. That, now, good, uh, good, good, good point there. Good point there. Yeah. Now, prior to that though, the scene where she's actually cutting her eyeball out, that was actually better than the Terminator scene. They did a better job where she's actually got that little exacto knife and she's cutting her eyeball out. You compare that to the Schwarzenegger scene. Schwarzenegger looks like such a plastic mask in that scene. The version they did of her, wow! <laughs> I mean, it was really well yeah, done. It was every bit. It, it was. I don't know if it was better. I, I I don't know if I can agree with that. But it was. Oh. It was at least as good. Oh, it I was would better. say it was better. The eyes were better. I, um, I thought, I'll yeah. I'll rewatch and compare and get back yeah, to you. Do it. I mean, you got to remember this. Was <laughs> eight, this was eighty eight, eighty nine. Makeup got a little better. You know. Yeah, I just forgot. This was about five years after the fact, but. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was just it's just a weird scene to to want to try and replicate when it's not like this this lady is like a terminator but she's not you got to keep in mind folks she's just possessed she's not you know like made out of uh you know metal and steel and iron she's she's not a cyborg and I'm so trying it, I'm trying to remember is, is this then also when she goes back into meditation and like her bullet holes she heals her bullet holes too or yeah. is that yeah. yeah, yeah. She so was, was going into meditation there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And she does that nude and and uh, <laughs> but uh, and then lightning bolts and all that kind of stuff again. But yeah, she was. It was again a little little inconsistent there because for the longest time she'd had no bullet holes and no problem. Now all of a sudden she's got bullet holes. Is it because the jade weakened her? You know, or when he when he threw it at her, did that weaken her? And now the bullets hurt her a little bit. I I couldn't really figure that out. Um, but I think uh, that was what they intended. Yeah, I, I think that what it was is that she was weakened and then she had to go and regroup because, you know, the the you know the 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 witch had you know had to heal herself for you know a hundred years. I imagine she you know she had to heal herself for at least a couple hours to get rid of all those bullet holes. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yep. The time the time frame is a little little wonky there, but you know. You can spend your disbelief that say that this is a seafaring witch, uh, you know, <laughs> or South Sea witch, you know, uh, possessing a lady that looks like the, the Terminator. You know, you can you can suspend your disbelief for just about anything. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that, and again, it was it was it's entertaining. It was interesting. It's just it's one of those things when you've seen the movie, you know, probably 11, 12 times like I have. You, you start to think about it. And again, I, I, I watched it again however long ago was it that you and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, and so some of those, I, I jotted down a couple notes and that was one of the things I, I, I think I finally figured out at this viewing it was like, okay, wait a minute. Maybe the, the reason why the bullets just knocked her down before, but this time they actually hurt her was because she was hit with that, that Jade necklace and it, it damaged her somehow, you know, to uh, every other viewing, it never bothered me, but the last viewing I had to think through it. <laughs> Well, it would make sense. You know, she's not really hurt by physical objects. She's hurt by magical objects. Right. Yep. That, that must be what I'm, I'm assuming that's what they were going for there. But the, the most ridiculous thing that happens in this movie is a scene that comes up pretty soon after where Max and Erica split up at the mall. <laughs> yes. They split up. They they walk like 10 feet away from each other. But when they when he finally sees that the that the Tanya character is coming, he runs halfway across that mall and in some of the most weirdest like uh, chase sequences that I've ever seen. Yeah, so this this is what I call the, the first mistake in this movie. To, to this point, this movie has been perfect for me, okay? This was the first mistake. So Erica no longer has the jade. There's no way for Lady Terminator to be tracking her. 
How did she know she was at the mall? Exactly. That's the point I was so, going to get to. Yeah. Well, there was no that. That's the first mistake that this movie made. So they they really should have done something, you know, to to get us there. But again, we're not wasting time. We're making an action horror sci-fi flick here. Yeah, we got car chases to, to get to. We got car chases to get to. <laughs> exactly. We got we got to, we got to do something in the mall. Everybody goes to the mall. We'll just have them randomly pop into the mall there. I I don't know, you know what how they would have done it differently, but you know they, they should have been. That was the first mistake. The second mistake is coming up. But this was the first one, okay? <laughs> all right, all right, second miss. Okay. Well, the first time we get we get Tommy is alive. So yay, we know Tommy's alive. And he said yep. that Joe's snake and is it Tubbs? I think Tubbs. Is the name. Tubbs. Yep. They're coming in on their way because Tubbs was away on a mission, so they're waiting for him to get back in his car chase time. That's right. <laughs> and we gotta have a you know car chase. This is the, the point where I actually made the point in my notes. Was is like is every shitbox car in this movie literally every car just a shitbox? And like yes, yes it is. Yes, they are. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. That's the kind of cars you want to destroy in, in, in a you know car chase with explosions and thousands of rounds because the helicopter buddies show up just in time to blow shit up. Yep. And then when I say blow stuff up, I mean blow up a bunch of models. Because there's, oh, yeah. there's a point where they blow up that that one. Like Airplane. Boeing 747 or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, it, it's clearly a model, but it's such good model work. Like, yeah. it, it's clear that it is, but, like, I ain't faulting it for it. Yeah, and pyrotechnics were actually, throughout this movie, were really good. And, and again, squibs, pyrotechnics, all that stuff, they, they did a, a great job with it. And, and it was interesting, too, you know, like, you know, all his snake and tubs and Joe, yeah, they were, they were in America. So they're coming over from America to help them out type of thing which just always kind of cracks me up in there they're coming over yeah. a helicopter i don't think a helicopter could make it from america to indonesia <laughs> no not without refueling several times right. exactly and I, although you know where does this mu where does this movie actually take place i mean we're never told you know yeah. other than we we know the old guy you know was out on some island somewhere but we know we don't you know is this city supposed to be jakarta or is it la you know, we don't really know. You, you never know. You never no. find out. Nope. So I guess, you know, I guess the writers didn't care that much. And they, they wanted to bring Snake back. And, you know, they got, got to bring that mullet back. So. Oh, yeah. The mullet. The mullet has power. <laughs> this is kind of the point where they bring, you know, Snake and, and, and Tubbs and the other guys back. It's it's kind of like it becomes Predator totally. mega force for a hot minute. Yep, totally. And they even do the predator handshake, you know. Yeah, like let's, let's all go up and kick some ass. <laughs> yep, yep. That's <laughs> oh, great. It's a great finale. They they don't they don't let down. They they keep it going. You know, now, they put the they put the pedal to the floorboard and they don't let up for the rest of the movie. Nope. The last twenty minutes this is nothing but straight up just craziness action. Yep, and and yeah, we could you could go point by point, but the yeah, that, that the gist of it is, yeah. I mean, they're throwing everything they got at Lady Terminator, and she just keeps coming and keeps coming. <laughs> yeah, they try a rocket launcher and they blow her up, but wait, there's more, and then she gets taken up in in a net by the helicopter and uses some. Now, this is the point. I, I don't. Maybe this is what you're going to want to talk about the the laser eye blast that she throws around. Yeah, that was that was a new thing, a new power that she had. But yeah, shakes yeah. out poor Snake. That's mistake number two in, in my book. Well, Snake, though, did attack her with a panzer. It, well, you know. yeah, yeah. And, and he, he almost took her out. He probably should have. Every, every airport has a panzer, you know. Oh, so. yeah. Doesn't yours have one? I know mine yep. does. 
That, that was my favorite line in the movie. Snake, get the panzer. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he does. She take, yeah, she, she, he does take her out for a hot second until she pops yep. back up. And now it's, this is basically like zombie ta- Tanya. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. You know, it would have been it would have been nice if she had those use those laser eyes sooner. But yeah, we we suddenly get the get the get the laser eyes, and and after you know she's freed herself from the net and all burned up and everything else. Um, well, I, like with the my problem with the laser eyes is not so much that you know that she uses them to take out Snake. Is this like what an effective weapon as that is? Why wouldn't you have led with that shit? Right. Why did it take the take like all of a sudden for her powers to be, you know, for her to be so bodily damaged that she had to resort to that? But you think would it be would have been a much uh, more effective weapon than an Uzi? Just saying. Yeah, but but that really isn't the second mistake. Okay, the second mistake, though, is when she uses those laser eyes to blow up the copter. And they cut to Max. Yeah, you know, you know, who was in the copter was was Tubbs. I mean, was Joe was not was not Tubbs was Joe, and Max says, "Tom, you're dead," or "Tom's dead." It's like, yeah, that is was right next to you. (laughs) Tom is with you. (laughs) It was Joe who died. I I I had a question about that because I thought, to be honest, I thought maybe I had the names of the characters mixed up that entire time. But I when I watched it the second time, I'm like, no, that's clearly the wrong wrong dude. Yep. Nope. Tom Tom actually survives the whole movie. But Tom's dead, and then later they they Tom's on the stretcher with him. I'm gonna live forever. So yeah, they they uh, they definitely screwed up there. Somebody 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 in continuity needed to be fired there. <laughs> they but, didn't uh, have a uh, a competent script supervisor is what they didn't have. Ex- exactly. Somebody wasn't paying attention, or or they shot that helicopter footage, you know, before they shot the other footage, and somebody got mixed up. And it, it was kind of a bummer that helicopter footage. They apparently they lost some dialogue because you can see. I think it's the Joe character talking into his headset, but we can't hear what he's saying. Yeah, every shot you see him, it's like three different shots, and but yep. you, you can never hear what he's saying. Yep, and you know he's talking to somebody, and it would have been nice to have that. So, again, it's you know, they, I think somebody just the dubbers ran out of ran out of time or something, which is which is a bummer too. But again, doesn't doesn't take much from the from the overall excitement going on here. Yeah, and it kind of makes it a little bit more exciting, I think. Yeah, but she's yeah, but she's all burned up and and you know just like the Terminator and got her skin all burned off and it's no longer Barbara Ann playing the the role anymore. You can tell, but uh, it, it's pretty good makeup. I mean, it's yeah, it's consistent thing. at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they, and, they grossed and, it out. <laughs> yeah, and Zombie Tanya, man, she really throws Max around like a rag doll because it gets down to the point where it's pretty much just him trying to protect Erica. Yep. And he, yeah, Max and Erica are the only the only two standing at that point after she laser beams a whole bunch of those guys. And uh, like, then, but then she runs out of laser power. Yeah, yeah. She tries to take out Max with it and it kind of yep. misfires. So maybe yep. that was just a temporary thing. Maybe that's why she couldn't use it. Like, yep. you, know, you know, like everybody needs to reload at some point, but not in this movie. You don't even need to reload your laser eyes. <laughs> but. During the final scuffle, this is the the last real big question I have, is where in the fuck did Erica get the eel dagger, the Chris, from all of a sudden? Did I miss something that they planted it there, or it was just nope. magically no, he, appeared? Yeah, no, grand, grandpa, great-great-granduncle, granduncle, whatever he was, he gave it to her when they were in the police station. And I guess she tucked it in her dress then. Oh, but, okay. I didn't remember him 
Yep. Doing yeah, that. He, okay. He gave that's... it. He traded. He traded the dagger for the the jade. That's so, right. You yep. are correct, sir. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So that was, but the, but we never saw it again until it's sticking out of the back of her dress in this scene. You know, when she's going up the steps and all that stuff. So really, you know. I don't think she actually did have it, <laughs> but then they remember, oh, she has it. Quick, put it you in the back like, of the press. <laughs> yeah, this stabby stab, uh, you know, Tanya, and that's it. And yep. It's the the end. I mean, well, not pretty much, but then we get the the real awkward part of them standing seaside when, when the paramedics are ro rolling people by, and they're stopping with each person that, that goes by. You're like, yep, they're dead. Yep, yep. they're dead. Hey Tom, did you have a rough day? He's like, no, I'm gonna live forever. And the, and the day for night cutting there is so bad. It's like <laughs> right. when, we, when we show them walking by on the stretcher, it's the daytime. When we show the characters, you know, when he's looking up at them, it's nighttime. <laughs> yep, that was some it's bad like, day for night shit. It's like Plan Nine from Outer Space, day for night. You know, like wow. I mean, that's you know, again. I think they were, they were, you know, we got to get this movie out, guys. Come on, chop, chop. <laughs> <laughs> we only got three hours of daylight left. <laughs> yep. Fuck it. We're, we're going to fucking do it, and we're doing it live. That's right. <laughs> uh, but the last bit that I have here, and I'm, I wrote this down as well, is the end, end narration crawl. Oh, when it says, the struggle within our souls is never ending. The life of man is short and brutal. Torn between good and evil of the eternity around us, we know nothing. The stars look on. They have been here long before mankind appeared on our small planet and will be here long after we are no more. And what that has to do with the movie, I'll never know, but that is the end. <laughs> well, come on. You, you, you remember, remember Burial Ground, the prophecy of the spider or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. This is another completely nonsensical. Yeah, I, I, I totally don't get it. There, it wasn't even about the South Sea Queen. I mean, yeah. I think they could have tied it in somehow there. I, I have no idea what any of that meant. I thought it was amusing, too. I mean, but I, to, to me, when I heard it, I immediately thought of the prophecy of the whatever spider from Burial Ground, you know, the same kind of nonsensical stuff. I, you know, I guess we just got to throw that kind of crap onto the end of our movies, Cameron. I think that's that's something we need to do. <laughs> Well, I did that with PMA, so why not? <laughs> well, it wasn't it wasn't this nonsensical, you know. No, it, it at least made sense. Uh, at least I felt it did. Yep. Yep. Oh, but that being said, yeah, we are at the end of our movie. That has been Lady Terminator. Uh, God, what a crazy ride! Uh, but you know how we do things around here. Uh, we do our final thoughts and ratings on a scale from run to ten, and guests are free to go first. So have at it, man. All right. Well, I mean, as is probably evident during our uh, discussion throughout, this this is a movie I enjoy very, very much, and I've watched it many times. It, whenever I'm in the mood the mood for a good bad movie, this one is is right at the top of my list. And again, it's it's easy to make a bad bad movie. It's it's easy to be really amateurish in front of the camera and ha ha ha. You know, there's the boom. Ha ha ha. You know, fall down. Oh, funny. You know, leave that blooper in there. That's, you know, that to me isn't entertaining. An entertaining bad movie is is a one where everybody, you know, they were on the same page. They were trying to make an action sci-fi horror film. Yeah, they knew they were being a rip, they were ripping off Terminator and Predator and all that stuff, but they were going for it. You know, they had the, the production staff. They had the effects staff. They had some money, you know, not a ton of money, but they put the, you know, they put that money on screen. They had a, an actress who was totally game. Um, all the actors, 
you know, we're, we're, we're basically into it. And maybe, maybe Max was a little weak, but he was playing a pretty boring, stereotypical American character anyway. So yeah, know, yeah, he was, I don't blame him for that. I think it was just the part, but you know, it was just, it was just after that initial scene, which was a little bit awkward, um, not necessarily awkward. It was just, didn't really fit the rest of the, the feel of the movie. Once once the movie gets going and you know what it's all about, it's just, you know, it's just nonstop fun from beginning to end. And it's, it's fun to watch and it's got all kinds of flaws, but, you know, you can explain them away or you just don't care because it's moving so fast and it's got so much craziness going on, creative craziness. Um, the one, the big negative to me is the dubbing. Um you get over it, but, you know, I can see a lot of people being turned off by it because it just wasn't very well done. I would pay real money to get a subtitled version of this and to hear it, you know, how it was released in in Indonesia in its own country. I'd love to see that version of it. Probably I don't think we ever will. But, uh, you know, all that said, for me, this is a this is like a nine point nine five out of ten for me, Ooh. just for pure entertainment. And that's I can watch this movie. This is one of those movies like. You know, like a hell of a living dead or, you know, Dawn of the Dead, the original a movie I can just I can throw in any time zombie, you know, those kind of movies I can throw in any time and be entertained by it. If somebody asks me to watch this movie again today, I'll do it. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's just so much fun. And I hope. Well, I forgot to hit record and, and you know, we got to record the show over again. So you mind watching the movie again? Sure. <laughs> I don't need to, but I, but I would. But this is this is for people who and if you are entertained by this, there are so many amazing Indonesian, especially Mystics and Bowling, Dangerous Seductress. Those two you really should I, track. I gotta down. see Dangerous but Seductress. Devil's Sword, The Warrior. There, there's all kinds of Barry Prima films that he made over there um, that are just this same kind of just complete craziness, just off the wall filmmaking where they're, you know, they're trying to make movies to appeal to American audiences. And, you know, they, the general audience is not going to like them, but if you love filmmaking and you just, you love to see the, these kind of efforts and just the craziness, just the, the writing is just so nuts. Um, you know, they just, they don't make them like this anymore. That's all you can say. And it's, uh, it's too bad, but no, I, I really enjoy this one. I would just love to see a subtitled version. Your rating was nine point nine five. Yep, nine point. Can we go to hundreds? Yeah, I'm going to nine point nine. You can you can do whatever, do it any which way you want, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's our show. We can do whatever the fuck we want. There you go. Um, well, I, I I love it for all the same reasons you do. It's just so crazy and so inventive. and it just never lets up. Like other than the one scene that I aforementioned, you know, even that scene is not very long, you know, it's not a very long scene. So it's not like, oh, 18 minutes of dialogue. No, it's just like, you know, three and a half minutes. It's nothing big, but it's it's crazy. The craziness of it, other than that opening scene, which is a little jarring because it just doesn't feel it doesn't have the same feel and tone to the rest of Lady Terminator It'd be probably my biggest uh, complaint about it. But this movie, you know, for the average person. I probably wouldn't recommend it. I couldn't say that I could recommend it because they wouldn't be into it. For people like us that love bad movies and movies that are so bad they're good and love the craziness of film would absolutely love this movie. So I, it totally gets a recommendation for me. Uh, I'm giving it a seven and a half. 
which I still feel is is pretty pretty solid. Maybe you know I can I might amend that. I might amend that. I think I'd have to give it an eight after after our our show here. You kind of made me rethink on some of it because I had it seven and a half written down previous, but like as we were talking, I kind of like I might lean towards an eight. So uh, I will amend my seven and a half and give it a full on eight. I think it, I think it's one of those movies that grows on you. You know, it's one of those the more you watch it. I mean, like I remember the first time I saw Zombie, which is one of my all time favorite movies. I absolutely hated it. I thought it was really. Too- I hated it. I I loved Dawn of the Dead so much. And I wanted to see something like Dawn of the Dead again. So, you know, this was early 80s and I found Zombie, put it on and just hated it. There was no satire. There was no humor, which is what I happened to be looking for after Dawn of the Dead. Well, then, you know, five years later, I watched Zombie again and I'm like, this is like my one of my favorite movies. It's one of those, you know, I think this was what Lady Terminator, while this wouldn't be, you know, if you just grab Lady Terminator and you were thinking, well, I'm going to, I want to see something like Terminator and you put this in, you would probably hate it. But if you went into it had had you, and you've already, let's say you've already seen it once and you're looking for something like this, I think it totally nails it. Like you said, sort of a so bad, it's good movie, you know, type of a, if that's what you're looking for. Um, I think this totally fits the bill. I, I just find myself very entertained by the kind of effort that, that this movie has and just the craziness and and Barbara and Constable. I mean, it, he's fantastic in it. Uh, yeah. it's, it's just so much fun to watch. It's it's re- totally rewatchable. You know, the rewatchability of it gives it more points for me. I mean, I've probably seen Zombie 25 times. I've seen Dawn of the Dead probably 20 times. But I, I'm sure I've seen this over a dozen and it's just, I love the rewatchability of it. I, I can laugh at it and, and enjoy myself, you know, laugh with it, laugh at it, whatever. It's just fun, a fun time at the movies. I guess that's what this is for me. Yeah, it is. And I'm almost kind of ashamed that I had never seen it before that this, you know, before prior watching it for this review, but it was going to be in my heavy rotation. So uh, thank you for sending me a copy of it. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And maybe maybe someday we'll 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 take on the the grand the granddaddy of them all, Mystics in Bali. Oh gosh, that movie I have seen, and that movie <laughs> is nucking futs. Totally nucking futs, man. Oh shit. Or yeah, yeah, we'll have to do that. Or or, or the follow up, Dangerous Seductress. You know, that, that, well, that one I got to see too because that's two of his biggest movies, and I've only seen you know, the uh, Mystics in Bali previously to this, so. Yeah, I have to have to hunt that one down too. And then someday, Devil Story. Don't forget. Oh yeah, I got that. I actually may watch that later on today once I get dinner made. So, <laughs> we'll, just for shits and giggles, and I will get back to you on that. All right, all right, all right. Well, folks at home, you've been listening to us ramble on and dissect and uh, review Lady Terminator from 1989. And as always, thank you for listening, folks.